Ladies and gentlemen, we are probably less than, or should I say we are closer to 48 hours away from what is going to be an actual true first time ever. This Saturday, NXT UK puts out their first ever TakeOver special in Blackpool. To say I'm excited for this event is truly an understatement. Not only for the fact that it's going to be in the afternoon so I can knock it out uh, and then go about my day. It's ever since the late fall of uh, last year, they've been putting out some damn good content from the beginning, just building up, you know, the roster as a whole, beginning to push names that we are are now well known to, that actually made any sense in English, to, you know, and that, and introducing more of the UK title scene and what we're going to be getting into and noticing names like Noam Dar, Zach Gibson, Pete Dunne, Joe Coffey, um, you know, Mustache Mountain, Travis Banks, and then we got into sort of the next, you know, segment of it when introducing more of the women's division, Tony Storm, Rhea Ripley, Dakota Kai, Ginny, uh, Millie McKenzie, Isla Dawn, Zaya Brookside, Nina Samuels, names like that. And then this current wave of shows that they've been putting on, it's more so focusing on the tag team division. You know, the Grizzly Young Veterans, the Mustache Mountains, you know, Gallus, uh, Flash Morgan Webster and Mark Andrews, Amir Jordan and Kenny Williams. And it now culminates this coming Saturday. They have literally done everything to perfection. You know, almost every main event that they've put on has had meaning behind it. They've been spectacular. You know, every match, you know, made sense. It didn't insult my intelligence. It literally felt like I was watching an extension of NXT, which even though it's a separate brand, it's just an extension of NXT due to the fact that Triple H is the brains behind the operation. With Johnny Saint as the GM, you know, Sid Scala, who is merely just uh, an enhancement talent for, um, you know, Tyson T-Bone and you know, Eddie Dennis and guys like that to now becoming the assistant general manager of NXT UK and him stepping into that role and doing very well for himself. And they have just simply knocked it out of the park for the last four or five months. And I am very proud to say I've been there from the beginning. And now it all comes to a head this Saturday. If you're in the UK Saturday night, this is your fucking night. Blackpool, this is your fucking night. To the to the rest of us in the States who have been watching it from the beginning, this is their night to show off. And I know we're two weeks away from getting the stateside version of TakeOver in Phoenix, and that in and of itself is, has, has been a fucking joyride for all of us since War Games. But NXT UK is literally neck and neck with me, you know, in terms of what I feel is the best brand in all of WWE under that umbrella. 
the main roster doesn't even come close to what NXT and NXT UK have been putting out in terms of content, in terms of weekly episodic, you know, storylines. There, there has been no feeling of my brain hurting or my intelligence being insulted or my IQ dropping 36 points every time I watch a Raw or SmackDown, especially a Raw. Um, they have just been step by step giving you everything you've needed up to this point. And now it culminates this coming Saturday. The card for their first go around is solid. When you're looking at the card and how we've gotten to this point has been has been perfect. Every match on this card makes sense. Every match on this card deserves to be on the card. Then the people who are on this card deserve to be on this card. I appreciate NXT UK. I feel like it's a it's one of those things where you know, you just appreciate what you've been given. It's like a it's like a solid seven course meal at a fine dining restaurant that just got better as it went on from appetizer to main course to dessert. You feel I mean I you feel blessed to have been given this product that everyone and their mama has been like literally raving about. You know, the Who Got Next podcast has been raving about it. I've been raving about it. Um other people on Twitter have been raving about it, have been pretty much giving it so much praise to the point where it's sickening, but in a good way. And this Saturday, we are going to get the first installment of a takeover that I know for sure is going to get rave reviews from those who have been following it from the beginning, like myself. If any NXE takeover has given you any you know, semblance of, holy shit, they're about to fucking go off. I think this is going to be the biggest coming out party for NXT UK yet. And what we had this past, you know, yesterday with NXT UK Go Home Show with Gallus taking on British Strong Style in the main event, that was probably, in my opinion, their best main event to date. You know, especially with the feud between Gallus and British Strong Style has been going on for the past like month and a half. And reared its head and and pretty much came to a head on in that main event. It was epic. Um I know I won't be I won't be covering NXT UK uh next week. Um I will, we'll be covering the review uh but in terms of NXT UK review, we'll get back to that um next weekend. I can tell you that right now. I think it wouldn't make sense for me to do a review of Takeover and then go back to to check out two episodes. So Apologies in advance for that, but I think right now the focus is on Blackpool. I think all the eyes in NXT and NXT UK are going to be on Blackpool. With that, and I'm so happy I get to do this, it's time to make some fucking predictions for NXT UK takeover Blackpool. I've been wanting, I've been waiting for the day ever since they announced Blackpool. I've been wanting to do some preview and predictions, and this is where we're going to go at right now. So, let's start with Travis Banks and Jordan Devlin for a second. This match came about because of Devlin pretty much stating that Banks had no pride 
for his country in New Zealand, that he's been in the UK for so long that he really doesn't have pride and honor and respect for his country. Banks feels the opposite. He has pride for his country, but he made his name in the UK, which is understandable. You know, he's been killing, he killed it in progress. Uh, he's a former progress world champion. Um, when he defeated Pete Dunne in that epic clash they had, I believe it was chapter 63. Um, I believe it was 2017, 2017, in an epic main event they had where Travis Banks beat Pete Dunne for the, uh, the world title. And then went on to have an amazing reign as champion before getting, being ousted by Volter, who is now, it was, as far as I know, still the current reigning and defending uh, Progress World Champion. But ever since his return to NXT UK, he's put on a damn, a damn good set of matches, matches against Joe Coffey, his feud with Gallus, and now his is a little feud that he's had with Jordan Devlin. Devlin, the Irish ace, has grown on me in a good way. Um, he was a name that I did not know about, but after starting to see him and after his match with Pete Dunne, um, he has definitely become a household name in NXT UK and definitely a guy I truly have shown, have, you know, garnered respect for so much so that he is on my, uh, young stars of the future list for 2018. Um, I don't know if he's under the age of 25, but I don't care. He's a young star and he is going to make, have a, a, I believe a banner year. And I have said it time and time again, at least on a couple of occasions that they, if, if they ever decide to have an NXT UK Commonwealth championship, that Jordan Devlin's name should be first to come up in terms of who they should consider for the Commonwealth championship. Finally, we get to see two of the best names in the UK right now um, in Banks and Devlin go at it. In turn, and when I look at this match, I think of it in terms of the NXT UK um, title scene. We know we're going to get Dunn and Coffee in the main event for the UK championship. But, but somewhere down the line, you're going to need a top contender. You're going to need a, a guy to go after Joe Coffey and Gallus. You're going to need a guy to who's going to be the one to defeat Gallus. Someone that we all know that we can rally behind and know that when all is said and done, whenever they have their next takeover, we know he'll be the next in line to take down Mr. Coffey. And that's why I'm going with Travis Banks to beat Jordan Devlin in this matchup. I think Travis Banks is the guy. He's a blue blood babyface through and through. He plays the babyface role very well. Um, when he beat Pete Dunne for the Progress World title, um, he, the crowd was um, immediately behind him from the beginning of the match till the end, even with you know Mustache Mountain interfering in that match. Um, the crowd stuck behind Banks throughout the entire match before um, the ending where he finally hit the Kiwi buzzsaw on Dunne to get the title. And in Alexandra Palace in front of that crowd, and that pop was amazing for Banks. I think Banks is the next in line. I think the, the Banks is going to be the next one to be pushed for the UK championship. Um, that's not to say Jordan Devlin is not a slouch. Jordan Devlin is a beast in that ring. Um, the, like I said, the match he had with Pete Dunne was in, you know, separated himself from the pack in a huge way. But I think right now, at this very moment, 
in terms of top guys you want to have pushed in the UK brand, I think Travis Banks is your guy. And I'm thinking that Travis Banks will beat Jordan Devlin to get the victory here. Uh, I'm not going to, I don't know if it's going to open up the show, but uh, like I said on Twitter, um, if it does, these are going to be two guys that are going to want to make match of the night. And I posted a poll on my Twitter page at Suede Center to WWY and pretty much posting um, what you think is going to be match of the night. It's a uh, Dunn versus Coffee, of course. Ripley Storm, and then the other, because I couldn't put all of the other matches on there, and to comment below on that. So if you want to have your voice heard on my poll on Twitter, at Suede Senator WWI, you can go on there and make your opinion heard. I want to know what you think is going to be your match of the night. Um, I think these two are going to go at it. I think they're going to get a good solid amount of time. Um, And I think these two are going to tear the house down. If this opens up, they are going to set the tone for the rest of the evening in Blackpool. Dave Mastiff and Eddie Dennis. Two big lads. And y'all know how much I love me some big lads wrestling. I am a big fan of the Atlas Division in Progress Wrestling. I love the uh, the Atlas Championship. Um, if they ever sell if they do sell it online, uh, I that will probably be one of the first belts I buy. Uh, just for the simple fact that it's an over 205 pound division. It's not like a cruiserweight division. Or anything like that. It's just big lads going at it to see who's the better guy, who's the better big lad. And this screams big lads wrestling. These two have been at each other's throats ever since Mastiff beat Dennis over a month ago. When they were just two undefeated guys to see who was the better monster in NXT UK. To this point, Mastiff is still undefeated. Eddie Dennis... Really, really took that loss to heart and went after Mastiff in an interview with Rodzi um, after his victory, talking about, you know, what's going to be going down in the future for Mastiff. It has gotten to this point where it's now become a no disqualification match. Um, like Devlin versus Banks, I, I don't know if this is going to start the show, but I would not be surprised if this match started the show due to the no disqualification rules and the severity that I think they're going to take it to. These are two guys that are that are literally going to go after it, that are literally going to beat the holy hell out of each other. I expect a, a couple of pieces of like, you know, of course you're going to get your tables, you're going to get your chairs, you may get a ladder in there, you may get some, you know, interesting things, but I'm hoping they get some, some weapons that are, you know, UK-based, you know, something out of nowhere where they just beat the holy hell out of each other. And I expect that between these two. In the end, though, when you really look at what they want to do with this, do you go with Dennis being the one to take out Dave Mastiff and have him take the first, have him give Mastiff the first L of his run in NXT UK? Or do you give Mastiff the victory over Dennis, solidifying his, you know, the feud? And saying that he is the true dominant monster in NXT UK and keep him undefeated. That is the conundrum that you have right now between these two. That's the question that he's answering. I'm reluctant to say it, but I'm going to go with Dave Mastiff here. I think Dave Mastiff is a beast. I think they are very high on Dave Mastiff or they wouldn't be doing pushing him the way they have been. Eddie Dennis is a fucking beast too. He can go, especially if you if you've seen him in progress. 
And that's not just, you know, with the tag team that he had with Mark Andrews. You know, I know he wants Pete Dunne in the UK championship, but we'll get to that a little bit later. I just think right now, Dave Mastiff is that guy to beat Dennis one more time and then start making a run for the NXT UK championship. I think he can't be denied right now. Um, I think he'll definitely play into the UK title scene. I, he, he looks like a main eventer. He definitely has that shine of a main eventer. Um, and right now, I think the bar is very, I, not, I'm not really saying the bar. I would say, the, you know, the hype is very high on Mastiff right now. You know, I think they're really riding behind Mastiff. And I think right now, at this very moment, Mastiff gets the, it's going to be a hard fought contest. It's going to be some insane shit. I expect some crazy spots from these two, especially, you know, the big boy Mastiff himself. Excuse me. I expect Mastiff to come out to have a great match. I expect Dennis to have an insane effort, but I think in the end, Mastiff gets this victory and starts looking towards the UK championship and will be looking toward, you know, definitely keeping his eyes off on eyes on who wins between Dunn and Coffee. The inaugural NXT UK Tag Team Champions is a name that will forever be etched in, his, in their history, in the brand's history. Everyone wants to be the first something, you know. You know, first man to walk on the moon, you know. The first man to hit three home runs in a game in a World Series. You know, the first perfect game in the playoffs, you know. The first, you know, the first something, you know, to have that honor of being the first guy. Like Russell Wilson, the first guy in his first seven seasons to have a winning record. He's the only man in history that can say that out loud right now. That he is un- he has had a winning record in his first seven seasons, and six of those have been playoff appearances. Mustache Mountain and Grizzled and the Grizzled Young Veterans are two tag teams that I love so much. Of course, them, you know, of course, Mustache Mountain winning the NXT Tag Team Championships last year was a big fucking deal for the NXT brand. I I love the fact that, you know, Mustache Mountain definitely, you know, solidified themselves in the UK uh beforehand. Of course, former Pro- Progress Tag Team Champions. Their, their names are solidified in the UK for sure. Their names are well known this in the States. The Grizzle Young Veterans being, you know, superior heels uh, with Zach Gibson before before James Drake came back in. Uh, Zach Gibson was holding his own, you know, in terms of the UK Championship, having matches with Pete Dunne, winning the UK Championship Tournament over Travis Banks to get the shot against Dunne. Uh, he's a great heel. He's a very dick-like heel. James Drake now added on to it. He's a dick-like heel. They're former Progress Tag Team Champions. Both of them actually are former Progress Tag Team Champions in their own right. And they are two teams that I have adored very much, even before they set foot in NXT, or NXT UK for that matter. With With the ongoing feud between Gallus and Mustache Mountain, I wouldn't doubt for one second that does this does play into a factor in this matchup. I honestly believe Gallus is going to get involved somehow in this matchup. And with that alone, 
I think this allows the Grizzled Young Veterans to get the victory and become the inaugural NXT UK Tag Team Champions. I think right now we need that sort of heel tag team in NXT UK to just, you know, just hate on. Zach Gibson is already one of the most hated men in NXT UK, period. And the crowd chants for Zach Gibson whenever he's in the ring. You know, if you hate Zach Gibson, shoes off. If you hate Zach Gibson, stand up. You know, in Liverpool, when he was having his tag match, they didn't say a thing. They were He was getting the hometown love. He was the hometown favorite um, out there. And I just think with the whole feud between Gallus and Mustache Mountain, I think that's going to play a factor into that match. I believe they're going to interfere in that match towards the end. And that's going to allow Gibson to either lock on the Shankly Gates or allow uh, Drake and Gibson to hit the ticket to ride and give them the victory and them winning the championships. And then you can have Mustache Mountain chase them or have Flash Morgan Webster and Mark Andrews chase them. I just think that Gallus factor plays a lot into it when all is said and done. I don't think this feud between Gallus and Mustache Mountain is over just yet. And I think with Gibson and Drake as the tag team champions... I think right now there are a good amount of baby good amount a good amount of baby faces more so than heel tag teams. Um, of course, names like Amir Jordan and Kenny Williams, uh, Wet Morgan Webster and Andrews, Mustache Mountain. Of course, there's a lot more baby face tag teams that are being featured on NXT UK than there are heel tag teams being featured on NXT UK at this very moment. So I'm going to go with the Grizzled Young Veterans to take the victory and win the championships. And I think they're going to have a solid run with those belts going into the next UK takeover, wherever that may be, whether it be in London, whether it be in Edinburgh. I don't know. It could be Edinburgh. Edinburgh. Um, They could do in Ireland. They could do, you know, Manchester. Um, I'm sure they're definitely looking for venues for the next uh, takeover right now. But with that, going on, I think uh, Gibson and Drake are going to be your NXT UK Tag Team Champions. The women's division in NXT UK has been pretty damn good. I have been in love with the NXT UK women's division. Um, and not just because it's just Rip Ripley versus Storm for the women's championship. With the names that are coming in, with the names that they've had, like, you know, Isla Dawn and Jenny, Millie McKenzie, Zaya Brookside, um, did I say Aladon? Aladon, Dakota Kai. Um, and I'm sure there's going to be more ladies to come in the future for the women's division. There's got there's a lot of talent in NXT UK and in, in, uh, in the UK in general that are going to be fucking featured. And uh, of course they had Diana Perrazzo. They had her featured on there. Um, I'm sure some ladies in NXT were definitely uh, if they're not have anything going on. I'm sure hopefully in the future they could start coming over to NXT UK and work on their craft over there because I think that, you know, that cross branding definitely does help NXT for sure. And it gives us fresh matchups that we never have really seen before. Still waiting on NXT UK women's champion versus NXT NXT women's champion, whatever that may be. I need to see that happen one day, I hope. But Ripley versus Storm, the way they've built this up has been built up very well. Um, going back to their uh, the last episode of NXT, their Go Home sh- NXT UK, the Go Home Show, when they had the press conference with Rhea Ripley's you know nonchalant attitude, the way she carried herself in that press conference, the way Storm was talking, you know how who she beat in the uh, May Young Classic, uh, with Ripley saying, "You never beat me." 
So what? You beat them, but you never beat me. You didn't beat me. And you will never beat me. I'm the women's champion. You'll never beat me. I beat you when it, when it mattered most. Ripley's been a beast. And I've been saying this for the longest time now. The past year, I, I would say the past, like, you know, year, close to a year and a half, has been a solid transformation from her being a babyface um, in 2017 in the Mae Young Classic to now becoming one of the most solid heels in the company right now has been has been fucking amazing. Um, she was on my Young Stars of the Future list. Of course, she it was an easy choice for me to uh, to put her on there. Uh, it was just it was just an easy pick for me to put her on there. And her like I said, her transformation has been second to none. And I love the fact that she's been killing it. But Tony Storm, ever since her match with Ripley for the UK Women's Championship in that finals of the tournament, I've seen, you know, a side of her that I haven't seen yet. Even in her, you know, progress days, you know, when she's been, uh, you know, her feud against Ginny, you know, the match she had with her and Millie McKenzie in the tri- uh, triple threat match for the Women's Championship in progress. And, you know, just that alone. But I've never seen a tenacity from Storm like I've seen now. And with that, I think right now, I think, and, and I, I kind of for, I kind of seen it, uh, how it went down after Ripley won the championship. And when Storm came back, I was thinking in my head, Storm's going to be the one to take it from her. Storm's going to be the second women's champion, you know, when all is said and done. And I think Tony Storm, fuck that. I believe, I know Tony Storm is going to beat Rhea Ripley in Blackpool for the UK Women's Championship. It's not it's not a knock on Ripley at all. She's had a great run with the belt. Um, she's held it proudly. A, a great heel champion. Tony Storm, of course, being the one to chase. I think it, it made the most sense to have Ripley win the championship and have Storm chase her. It just fits perfectly. And I think that's going to culminate with a Tony Storm win and her becoming the second ever UK Women's Champion. I think... Me personally, this match is going to steal the show. This will be the, sh- I think, I'm not saying this is going to be match of the night. I really don't have a pick for match of the night because every match has the, like, it's like an NXT card. Every match has the potential to be match of the night. It was like NXT War Games. And, I, and when I said that, I made, I meant that every card has a chance to be match of the night. This is their first go around for a takeover. So, you know, every person on this card is going to be putting forth their best effort to make this show the best show possible. It's all about setting the tone for NXT UK takeover. This sets the tone for all takeovers to follow. And this match is going to have people buzzing. We already know the NXT women's division is buzzing. You know, you have those names over there, the Baszlers, the Bianca Belairs, the I guess the Lacey Evans before she moves up, the Nikki Crosses before she moves up, Candice LeRae's, Mia Gims. They have a, a great assortment of talent. And I think with the UK women's division, it's so untapped that it's not even funny. And I think this match alone is going to set the tone for the rest of the women's division in the UK in 2019. I'm going with Tony Storm to beat Rhea Ripley, get that moment, get that pop from the Blackpool crowd, and win. And become the UK Women's Champion. I think it's right. It's right. The time is right. It feels right. 
it's time for Tony Storm to take her place on the throne as the queen of the women's division. Which leads us to our main event. Pete Dunne. When he goes into take over Blackpool, I'm not exactly sure on the reign. I wish I actually knew the number so I can actually make it, you know. So I'm 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 actually going to do this in real time. I'm actually going to look it up right now uh, for this because I want to make sure we're. I, I, I'm very. I've been very impressed. With Pete Dunn's run, and he, mind you, he's been the champion since Takeover Chicago, I believe, two, when he took the title from Tyler Bate. I believe this was 2017 that he took the title from him, and I'm gonna look it up right now. Okay, so at this the title itself was established in December 15th of 2016 when Tyler Bate became the First, the inaugural champion. Pete Dunne has been the UK champion since May 20th of 2017. Take over Chicago 2. That match of mine was on my personal 2017 match of the year list. That match was so fucking good. When he goes into take over Blackpool, he will be who will have reigned at this point. I'm and we're gonna go. It's uh, we're looking at we're gonna be looking at over 600 days when he walks in to Blackpool as champion. He is literally the longest reigning champion of the modern era right now. He holds that. And will probably hold that for a long, long time because it's it's rare to see a champion hold a title for so long and go up against the names that he has faced, the Tyler Bates, the Noam Dars, the Zach Gibsons, and still be the one standing. The Jordan Devlins, even that match was fucking awesome. That's the lip that put Jordan, Jordan Devlin on the map in the world stage. And he has held it with a, a ferocity and a tenacity of a freaking beast. The bruiserweight has been no one to fuck with. Joe Coffey, the Iron King himself has been no one to fuck with. I think this was this Joe Coffey was the perfect heel to the babyface Pete Dunn. It just these two fit each other so well. It's the yin to the yang of each other. And ever since Gallows and British Strong Style have, you know, been at odds with each other. We kind of figured Coffee Dunn was going to be the match. I figured Coffee Dunn was going to be the match for a while. And now we are here in Blackpool. As the saying goes, all good things must come to an end. We all know this. Nothing lasts forever. I know it's so, it sounds so cliche coming from me, just being out, an outspoken son of a bitch, but nothing lasts forever, guys. We don't last forever. I know it's got, that just got really dark for a second. And I think Blackpool this Saturday is the right time for Joe Coffey to take his rightful place as the true Iron King of NXT UK. Gallus needs to take the rightful place as the uh, rightful stable of NXT UK. I've, I stated it, you know, 
Unfortunately, it's not going to be Gallus Mustache Mountain for the Tag Team Championships. I thought that match was going to be the one to be the finals of the NXT UK Tag Team Championship with Wolfgang and uh, Joe Co- and Mark Coffey winning those titles. Joe Coffey beating Pete Dunne and them being the rightful and then being the true owners of gold in NXT UK. Joe Coffey, Pete Dunne is going to be absolutely insane. The hype for this match alone has been absolutely insane. The six-man tag that they had with Gallus and British Strong Style, that was fucking insane. And then Joe Coffey pinning Tyler Bate. And just that re- and just that look towards each other at the end of the match between Dunn and Coffey was just absolutely fucking awesome. But at this very moment, I think it's Joe Coffey's time. I think Joe Co- it's Joe Coffey's time to actually get his work in and actually be you know, handed the you, the reins to the title. I think this was this was made for Joe Coffey to start taking over. Um, I know with NXT UK, I know Dunn's been holding the belt, but they've been wanting NXT UK, that brand, to get popping. Saturday night, I think it's time for a new king. As much as I love Pete Dunn, I love me some Pete Dunn. I love the Bruiserweight, and it's going to be hard to see him without the championship. And I know the rematch for this belt is going to be fucking insane. But I think Saturday... Joe Coffey will be your new NXT UK champion. And that's my predictions, my preview and predictions for NXT UK. Stay tuned. This is episode 41 of the Young Lions Perspective. With that being said, let us begin. What's going on, guys? Zach from the Wrestling With Issues podcast here, and welcome to episode 41 of the Young Lions Perspective. So glad to have you guys here with me today, wherever you may be, wherever you are in the world. Thank you so much for taking time out of your day, your night, your afternoon, your evening. As always, thank you so much for taking time out of your day, whatever time you check out this podcast. I greatly and truly appreciate it. I hope you guys enjoyed my uh, NXT UK TakeOver Blackpool preview and predictions. Um, this was That was definitely one... I've been wanting to do ever since they announced that they were going to do a takeover for the brand. I was really hype about that fucking show, and I still am. And I can't believe we're literally less than four, uh, 48 hours away from Blackpool. Uh, it will be at 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, uh, 7 p.m. Uh, over in the U.K., uh, proper as fuck. So if you guys have nothing to do on a Saturday afternoon, uh, check out NXT UK TakeOver Blackpool. And if you've been following it since the beginning... You and I both know that it's going to be an amazing show, but we're not going to talk about that right now. We've already talked about NXT UK TakeOver enough. Excuse me. Let's talk about NXT review and what happened last night. What a fucking show they had last night for us, man. That was It was very impressive. Um, NXT gave us a double main event with uh, the EST of NXT, Nikki Cross, uh, Bianca Belair taking on Nikki Cross. Um... EC3 taking on Adam Cole in a rematch that they had uh, from a few, uh, like about say, about a month and a half ago. And the debut of the European Union of Marcel Bartel and Fabian Eichner in action. It was very, this was a very impressive night. Three huge matches. Um, 
even though it was just uh, Bartell and Eichner taking on uh, Stanley Watts and Hector Kunzman, it was it was still a great moment to see uh, Bartell and Eichner in action as the European Union. Uh, I hope that's the name that sticks. I hope they go with that because it's a very solid name for these two. Um, but let's get started with the beginning of the show. Johnny Gargano actually started off the show to a surprising pop. I know as of late, he had been somewhat of a heel, um, especially after the whole deal ordeal with Aleister Black and the steel cage match they had. He came out to a very favorable uh, pop from the crowd. And he grabs a mic, wishes everyone a happy new year to start off the show. And he stated that 2018 was obviously a roller coaster for him, but he had plenty of time to reflect and that he had realized something. Success around here is measured by two things, wins and championships. It doesn't matter how hard you try or how good you are. It only matters if you win and get titles. So with, and that was a, and that's a very good statement by Gargano, you know, wins and losses do matter. At least in NXT, as far as the main roster goes, it doesn't really fucking matter if you talk to Vince McMahon about it. Excuse me one second, I'm going to take a sip of water. Good old water. Um, But he had stated that he vows to be better in 2019. He vows to win, and he vows to be champion. Uh, fans start uh, chanting, you know, uh, dueling chants of Johnny Wrestling and Johnny Venom. He then begins to address Tommaso Ciampa, and immediately... Of course, coming off of the steel cage match that they had, that he had with Aleister Black, and the moment that they had with the meet me in the middle uh, finisher that they used to do as a, as a tag team, starting chance of DIY, DIY. Now, he says that he heard what Champa said, but don't get it confused. That moment in the cage meant nothing. It was a one time thing that would never happen again. He says, as far as he goes, Champa's still trash with the title Gargano once. But again, it's about wins and titles. And there's another title out there. As soon as Champa put the idea out there, Gargano with Gargano and Ricochet for the North American Championship, Ricochet fired the shot at Gargano. He said, of course, re, uh, reiterating what Ricochet had said, he said that if Gargano wants the smoke, he's right here. He he says that he doesn't want smoke, he wants gold, and that he'll take it from Ricochet. He says that he may fly like a superhero. But And before he can continue his promo, Ricochet comes out to a, a, an amazing uh, pop from the crowd. And Ricochet goes on to tell Gargano that all he, if he wanted a shot at the title, all he had to do was ask. Gargano said to him that he's going to take the title. But Ricochet then asked Gargano, will it be face-to-face or will it be an attack at a park in the parking lot? Referring back to his attack on Aleister Black a few months ago. He says that Gargano talks about Talks all this talk about how he's Johnny Takeover and all that. And then he reminds Gargano that at Takeover, there will be one and only North American champion. And that you're looking at him. Gargano is about to respond to what Ricochet had said when Tommaso Ciampa comes out. So Ciampa comes out stating that he wants him to wait just a moment. Wins and championships is what NXT is all about. Gargano then tells Ciampa to shut up. And that this is about him and Ricochet and not about him, not about Champa. Champa seems you know, a little bit confused by, by Gargano's attitude. They thought they had a little, you know, they thought they had something. They thought it was going to last forever. And then Aleister Black appeared on the Titan Tron. And he said to Tommaso, Tommaso, 
I sincerely hope you are more concerned with me than you are with grooming your little dog of war, referring to Gargano. Because Alex, he is an actual threat to Champa, and that they'll meet in Phoenix, and he will make Champa truly fade to black. Immediately the lights go out once he finishes saying that, and out just like that, Alistair is standing right behind Champa, and immediately he attacks Champa. Uh, they fall. They, uh, they fall on the table. Uh, Champa escaped with a dangerous super. Uh, escapes a dangerous uh, suplex off the table. Alistair was going for a suplex off the table on Champa, but he escapes. Gets starts running away out with Alistair in pursuit. Immediately after Black and Champa are out of out of the out of the situation, Ricochet eats a super kick from Gargano out of nowhere. And that was ending the segment. That was a really, really great opening fucking segment. It was fucking fantastic. That was a great way to open up NXT. Having uh, four big names like that, Ricochet Gargano, Black, and Champa, in one segment that has two big matches. Like, literally, right now, Gargano-Ricochet is going to be your match for the NXT North American Championship. Bam, right there. Right within that segment, we got our North American Championship match. And I was wondering... Who was going to be Ricochet's opponent at TakeOver Phoenix for that championship? I was My mind was set on EC3, personally. I thought EC3 was going to be the guy to actually be the one to face Ricochet and be the one to take the uh, NXT, take, NXT North American Championship away from Ricochet at some point, whether it had been at Phoenix or New York. That was my thought process going into it. Him having a lengthy title run. Going into Brooklyn, he loses the, he lost the t- loses the title, and then he can go up to the main roster from there. But WWE had other plans, and they're now bringing him up to the main roster. But with Johnny Gargano and Ricochet, it is going to be insane between these two. I think these two are going to fucking go. I think these two are going to absolutely kill it at Phoenix, um, especially now that they have a reason to face each other uh, with Gargano. Taking out Ricochet, knocking out Ricochet with a super kick to the face region. That was, it was just a very powerful way to open up NXT. And second to none, very top tier stuff to open up the show. Immediately after the segment, uh, William Regal makes, made a major announcement stating that the War Raiders uh, have been on the silence for a little bit, giving him his injuries, but he is now at 100%. And uh, he stated on, he made a, sent out a tweet stating that at NXT TakeOver Phoenix, the Undisputed Eras, Kyle O'Reilly and Roderick Strong, will be defending the NXT Tag Team Championships against the War Raiders. Boy, oh boy, have I been waiting for this one. Uh, especially, I thought for a little bit that it was going to be Heavy Machinery, Undisputed Era at TakeOver Phoenix. But with the call-up for Heavy Machinery to go up to the main roster, it absolutely made sense for the War Raiders to get that shot. It had been pretty much been heating up ever since war games after their war games match against the undisputed era. And it makes sense now to have this match go down at Phoenix. It really made sense. Uh, I can't wait for this tag matchup. This is matchup has been brewing for a long time. Uh, ever since their debut at Brooklyn, they have been gunning for the undisputed era. It just completely makes sense for these two teams to finally come to a head and face each other for the tag titles. I think it's going to be a solid match for takeover. I can't wait to see this actually go down. Right after the announcement from William Regal, we got into one of the two main events of NXT, 
uh, with Nikki Cross taking on the undefeated Bianca Belair. And uh, they've had a match against each other before. And their first match was fucking awesome. I love the match that they had these two. These two had great chemistry. They really killed it in their first matchup. With Nikki, now Nikki Cross looking to get revenge on Bianca and be the first one to take out, be the first one to beat Bianca Belair and end her undefeated streak in NXT. So immediately the fans were dueling at dueling chance uh, uh, for uh, Bianca Belair and Nikki. They see each other down. Bianca pie faces Nikki immediately. Nikki laughs right back at her, back at her and uh, egg Bianca on. She does it again, and then Nikki shove, uh, shoves and then tackles Bianca. Uh, Bianca swings her ponytail, uh, using her ponytail, at, of course, that ponytail for a major attack. Nikki avoided it. She swings her jacket around, mocking Bianca with her thing, I guess, uh, you know, trying to get have her own braid, if you will, uh, on the attack. So... Right after that, the two circle again, and uh, Nikki gets a leg. Bianca clubs her away. Bianca then runs into an elbow from Nikki. Nikki tries to get her uh, go for the pin, but, uh, but Bianca's hand springs through to escape. Bianca then drop kicks Nikki down, whips her into the ropes. Nikki dodges and runs back into a tilt world head scissor from Bianca uh, to to Bianca Belair. Uh, Bianca goes into a corner and puts Nikki on the apron. She then knocks Nikki off, uh, but Nikki trips Bianca up then traps Bianca in the apron skirt and starts clubbing away. Her signature trap her opponent into the, uh, into the ring apron and then starts clubbing away at her opponent. And the fans were fired up after that. She was in a freaking frenzy screaming her ass off. And uh, the opening few minutes of the match was fantastic. Uh, moving on further into the match, um, after a suplex from Bianca Belair that uh, held Nikki up, shoulding her strength, uh, but Nikki countered that into a DDC, went for the cover that only got a two count. Uh, Nikki starts clawing away her away as fans start rallying behind Nikki. So Bianca sits up, and the two starts, they, the two starts just throwing hands at each other, just pretty much hockey fight style, just grabbing, grabbing a hold of something, grabbing a piece of clothes, and just beating the shit out of each other. Nikki then tackles Bianca and starts thrashing about on her. Bianca then got away, but Nikki then roars as she runs in, hits the corner splash, and then hits the bulldog immediately after. Uh, she slaps herself to uh, rally, rile herself up even more, picks Bianca up, goes for the Dragon Sleeper, and hits an inverted DDT that only got a two count. So more fans uh, dueling chance from the crowd. Nikki picks up Bianca. Bianca spins through the neckbreaker to buck Nikki off and hits a spear. And surprisingly, that only got a two count. Bianca is literally shocked by that, you know, her kicking out at two. When most of the time that spear could have taken out a lot more of the division, but Nikki is no, you know, spring, you know, this ain't her first go around with Bianca Belair, and this ain't her first go around in the ring. Let me tell you. So right after that, Bianca starts raining down right hands, runs for the splash, but gets uh, catches knees to the face. Cross immediately hits the purge right after, but in a veteran move, Bianca Belair rolled out of the ring before Nikki Cross could go for the pin, and the look on Nikki Cross's face was I she was pissed because she wanted to get that pin. So they flash back a little bit. Um actually so uh Nikki's so actually she stalks uh Bianca to the ramp, hops on her back for the sleeper, and then Bianca with the had the wherewithal to actually fall back and drop Nikki with a backpack senton, crashing Nikki on the mat, her taking the brunt of it. And Bianca starts crawling away as the Jessica Carr starts making the 10 count. Um, Nikki sat up at the count of six. 
Uh, they both start calling towards the ring at seven and get in before immediately before the ten count. Uh, in the end, Nikki runs in at uh, Bianca Belair, but Bianca hits her with a right. Both women are immediately down. Jessica Carr starts with a standing count. Uh, they both uh, Nikki got to the ropes at six. Bianca start got up at seven. Uh, Nick, Bianca runs in to tackle Nikki in the corner, rams her shoulder in. Nikki uh, puts Nikki on the top rope, climbs up to join her. Nikki shoved Bianca down. Uh, Nikki leaps, but hit nothing but the mat, which allowed Bianca Belair to pick up Nikki Cross, hits the KOD, and gets the victory over Nikki Cross. This was actually better than their first encounter when they met a few months ago. This was actually a great fucking match between the two. I love these two um, in the ring each other. They just absolutely kill it. Uh, And this ensured that Belair would remain undefeated, which was a very nice uh, touch of detail by Mauro Ranallo. She would not have to worry about uh, anyone else for the next couple, for the next literally two weeks um, going into her match with Shayna Baszler for the NXT Women's Championship. And she still remains undefeated. So now it's really interesting to see what they're going to do with Bianca Belair and Shayna Baszler over the next couple of episodes of NXT, I know they're going to have to have a, a face-to-face sometime in the next two weeks, whether it be next Wednesday on NXT or the go-home show in two weeks. Either way, they're going to have to cross paths before TakeOver Phoenix, and I can't wait to see how that reaction goes between those two. It's going to be an interesting dynamic with Baszler and Belair. So right after uh, the match, they, uh, we get into the beginning of season three of Street Talk with the Street Profits. We haven't seen them in a while. And it's very nice. I love me some Street Profits. For those of y'all who know, for those of y'all who have been listening to the podcast and are, uh, I guess, day one-ish guys, y'all know I love me some Street Profits. And they were just, uh, you know, chilling out. Uh, Dawkins was just, you know, doing some beatboxing to open up the segment. Um you know, and uh, you know, then uh, Montez Ford starts freestyling, doing some things. Uh, they tell, uh, of course, they wish us Happy New Year, do their little secret handshake, and they say that if they did pretty great in 2018, and they even evolved, referring to the winning them winning the uh, Evolved Tag Team Championships. And I think, as of right now, as far as I know, they are still the current reigning and defending Evolved Tag Team Champions. As far as I know, at their uh, Evolved 120. I don't think uh, either of them were in a tag team championship, but I know Ford and Dawkins were in separate singles matches um, over the over the. Uh, I believe it was either this past weekend or this weekend coming up. Um, and and if you are and if you follow Evolve, let me know uh, on my social media. Let me know if I if I um got it wrong. I know that they both had events. They both had matches. I, I definitely at one twenty they had. Um, they had second singles matches, and I know that they defended the tag team championships at uh, Evolve One Nineteen, but I don't—I didn't know the result. I don't know the results of their tag match. I don't know if they're still champions. But as far as I know, right now, as far as I know, unless I can read the results later and check it out, um, Dawkins and Ford are still the Evolve tag team champions, unless shown otherwise. But um, so they said they even evolved, but the doors are locked right now, and they actually went to a couple doors. Tried to open it, door was locked. They went to another one, door was locked. And then they found one that was actually open. And they and that was actually a little bit of a, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Oh man, this is going to suck that I can't know this. Not foreshadowing, but uh, pretty much just showing, you know, that that's what they're going to do in 2019. Open up doors. They said the tag team division 
will all know that the Prophets never lost. Referring to uh, Angelo Dawkins' headbands, War Raiders, Raul and Umberto, the Undisputed Era, they see, they'll see the Prophets coming for that goal. And of course, they said, of course, they told us to make sure to tune in for season three of Street Talk, which is the best show on the network, the best show in the world, and the best show of all humanity. So I guess now Street Profits are back in NXT and they're going to be coming for that gold in 2019. And um, I'd say the winners of Undisputed Era War Raiders are better be looking behind their backs because I think the Street Profits are going to be next in line to be getting a shot at those. NXT Tag Team Championships. We then get into the NXT debut of the European Union of Marcel Bartel and Fabian Eichner. And I I can't say enough about the both of these guys. Of course, if you know my NXT UK reviews, Fabian Eichner, the greatest opening match talent of all time, in hands down in my opinion. And of course, Marcel Bartel, um, who was, as far as I know, still one-third of ring comp. One of the coolest stables in European wrestling, bar none. And uh, these two look really good as a tag team in NXT UK. I think these two are really going to be major players in the tag team division in NXT UK. And they came to NXT to show their skills and to show the world what they can do. Um, they went up against uh, Stanley Watts and Hector Koonsman, uh, two names that we probably won't remember in the next 25 seconds after I finish this uh, review of this match. Uh, this didn't take long, uh, but they definitely uh, showcased their talents. Uh, bell rang. Bartel started off with Koonsman. Um, Bartel gets the standing uh, chin bar, wrangles Koonsman down to the mat. Uh, Bartel grinded a boot as he shifts down to a hammerlock. I love Bartel. I love how he gets down in the ring. I love what he can do in terms of, and if you remember his match with EC3 on NXT, uh, I think he had a good showing. I wish the match had gone a little bit longer to showcase Bartel's talents because this guy is going to be, a, I think, is going to be a big name that we are going to remember in uh, 2019, along with Fabian Eichner. So he grinds his elbow into Koonsman's head and immediately goes after the other arm. He then hooks the chin, shifts to a face lock. Uh, Koonsman reverses and arm drags, then wrenches again, uh, tags in Watts, but Watts and Watts gets Bartel right in the face. Bartel makes Watts pay for that, hits a mean shot, and starts and clamps in a charm. Uh, Chin bar of his own. Uh, Watts rolls and handsprings into an arm wrench, but Bartel breaks three, breaks free. I'm sorry, and throat chops Watts hard right in the throat, and that sound reverberated. Reverberated. Words are hard. Jesus Christ. Every time I do an NXT review, uh, words are hard. That reverberated throughout the building. Tags and Eichner. Eicher starts laughing at uh, at Watts and throws his toothpick, doing a little razor Ramon action. Watts makes him pay with a few chops to his chest. Uh, Eichner shoves Watts, pops him up high, catches Watts, and swings him around. Watts goes for the sunset flip and then avoids a stomp. Tags in Koonsman. Uh, and then we start, uh, the pace started speeding up a little bit. Barcel tags in. Uh, Eichner catches Koonsman. Koonsman slips out of it, throws hands on both members of the EU, uh, but ran into a spine buster by Eichner and then the PK by Bartel. And that was just a lovely double team spot. Uh, that only got a two count. I love their, and I, this will make sense towards the end. Uh, so Bartel drags Koonsman over to the corner, stomps him, throws some heavy hands, tags in Eichner. He then picks up Koonsman up to a tackle, up for a tackle into the buckles. He then stomps on Koonsman, tags in Bartel. He puts Koon, Eichner puts Koonsman on a, on a post, holds him there, 
and Bartel baseball slides right into Kuzman, which allowed them to soak up some heat from the crowd uh, before they put Kuzman back into the ring. In the end, uh, and I love this, I love this part right here. Um, Eichner ran into Watts' boot. Watts hops up only for Bartel to rock him with a mean right roundhouse kick. Bartel then feeds right off. Uh, Fed Watts right down to Eichner's brain buster, then pick, uh, he then hits Kuzmin away. He then, and this, I love this finisher. This was a sickening finisher. Eichner puts Watts in a power bomb, throws him into Bartel, who hits an amazing German suplex. One, two, three. Holy fucking shit. Marcel Bartel and Fabian Eichner with the victory. And honestly, in 2019, the European Union is going to be a beast tag team. Uh, I, I just can't. I can't wait to see the evolution of this of this team going forward. I love this fucking shit. These guys absolutely fucking kill it. Uh, Barcel and Eichner, these are two names you need to be walking out, uh, watching out for. And if NXT UK keeps them around for a little while, I think they're going to be major contenders. And I think they're going to be major contenders in both NXT and NXT UK. Because I know NXT is in need of tag teams. And the NXT UK division, they have uh, four or five solid teams that they can work with. With uh, Bartel and Eichner can uh, go across both uh, both sides of the Atlantic and just kill it. So I think this is a team that we're going to be looking at at the end of 2019 and think, man, they've really put on display for the crowd. And that freaking, that spine buster to PK and that power bomb the German suplex is fucking beastly. I, I love that. And, oh, they're so good. Uh, immediately after the match, Kathy Kelly gives us an update on the opening altercation between uh, Gargano and Ricochet. Um, it was stated that uh, both uh, that Alistair Black and Ciampa uh, were sent. Actually, Ciampa and Ricochet, both champions, were sent home uh, to avoid any further conflict. Uh, she then spotted Ricochet and started uh, an interview with him, asking him how does he feel about what happened. Ricochet responded by saying that he told Gargano straight up if he wanted a match for the NXT North American Championship, all he had to do was ask. Now it doesn't matter because Ricochet will go after Gargano with everything he has. With that super kick, he super kicked in a way, and he said he had respect for Gargano, and he super kicked that away from Ricochet, any, any respect that Ricochet had for him. And if Gargano thinks that he'll take the title, Ricochet said he's going to take Gargano down. So that either further solidified Gargano Ricochet at NXT TakeOver uh, Phoenix. Like I said, this is going to be a dope match. And the card is shaping up to be a solid card for NXT TakeOver Phoenix. Oh, man. We then go into a backstage interview. I believe with uh, Sarah Schroeder. That's the uh, the newest uh, interviewer for NXT. I- I'm-, I'm okay with her so far. She's had some decent interviews. Uh, with the talent, so I'm not going to say anything, I'm not going to say much about Schroeder yet until I get more familiar with her and her interviewing style, but uh, she did uh, speak with Keith Lee uh, in his res- um, for his response to what uh, Cassius Ono did um, last week to Matt Riddle uh, after their match against each, uh, against each other, and he says that, and I quote, Matt Riddle is someone I have troubled this world with, and the attack by Cassius Ono was unsettling. He said that he dare he dares Ono to show up next week and learn a little something about respect. He said he said that he assures that Ono will have no choice but to bask in my glory. So we're it looks like we're going to be getting 
Keith Lee versus Ono. Um, and I love me some Keith Lee. I love me some Ono. And I know these two are probably going to go ip shit all over each other in this match. I can't wait to see this match. I, I just love me some Keith Lee. And it's been a while since we've seen some Keith Lee. Real quick, I'm just, don't mind me. I'm just opening up a can of uh, C4. Don't give me a sip of this. Well, that's good. Frozen Bombsicle, C4. First try, very delicious. But that leads up to the main event. I'm actually going to take another sip of this. This is fucking delicious. My God. Mm. Main event time on NXT. The rematch between EC3 and Adam Cole. Of course, uh, Adam Cole coming out with the entire Undisputed Era in his corner. I love their entrance. You already know what time it is. I got an Adam Cole Bebe t-shirt. It's awesome. So, this was a really solid main event. I love this. Uh, I love this main event, man. This is a really good main event. I just watched all this this morning. Um, if you follow me on Twitter, I stated that I was going to... I had some plans that I had later um, last night. So, I wasn't going to watch it, but I would be reviewing it. And this is where we're at right now. So, the bell... So, bell rang... EC3 starts talking trash with Cole as they circle each other. Where is it? Okay. So, and uh, Fish just says, uh, Fish comes out and says, don't waste any time with this goof. And they immediately tie up. Cole wrenches the arm. EC3 reverses to a headlock. Cole powers EC3 into a corner. Cole backs off and, of course, does his uh, Adam Cole Bebe catchphrase, of course, along with the crab. Ah, that man's over. Uh, EC3, of course, shrugged it off. Goes after Cole, but Cole gets a waist lock. Cole then gets a headlock. Um, and EC3 slips that into a hammerlock. He puts the headlock back on again. Cole powers them back into a corner. EC3 lets go to say his name, EC3. So Cole then grabs EC3 in a headlock. EC3 powers out of it and then runs Cole over uh, to start speeding things up. He fakes Cole out and chops him on off of his feet, laying them down the mat. He scoop, It's a scoop and a slam on Cole. Cole rolls out. With EC3 blasting Cole to the barriers. Uh, Fish begins protesting. EC3 comes out to fetch Cole. The era backs off of him, which was a big surprise. Excuse me. EC3 then puts Cole back in. Now, later on in the match, um, EC3 had pursued uh, Cole when they were on the outside. Cole rocks him with a right. Cole then wants to suplex EC3. EC3 resists the... The Cole, uh, Cole suplex attempt. They start fighting again. EC3 suplexes Cole into the ring. So he had him on the outside. It's kind of like the Abushi suplex where he has him on the... Uh, the but he, instead of the middle rope, it was at the bottom rope. Uh, nice little feat of strength there by EC3. Uh, Era is beside themselves. And the fans are went complete ape shit for that maneuver. So EC3 counter punches Cole. Whoops. Uh, to run Cole over with an elbow. To go for, uh, for his elbow. Uh, so he scoops him up again, and he actually said, say my name, baby, runs into the ropes and hits his elbow drop. He then picks Cole up. Cole fights out of it. He then wrenches and whips, goes for the Irish whip. EC3 reverses into a nice STO DDT, and that only got a two count. Uh, Cole, with the veteran move, rolls to the apron. EC3 keeps after him, only to get a hot shot in the arm. He then bicycle boots EC3 down. He goes for the cover. That got a two count. Uh, they, of course, the era, era behind Cole keeps him keeping his head in the game. Fans start to rally up behind EC3 to keep him involved in the match. Cole hits, goes for a fireman's carry. EC3 fights out. 
He then shoves Cole. Cole then hits a boot and bat, hits a nice backstabber on EC3. That was a clean backstabber. Goes for a two count. Then that only got a two count. Uh, Fish protesting on the outside that that was a slow count to the ref. I'm surprised that didn't get him ejected out of the freak, that him and the rest of the Undisputed Era ejected out of the match. Cole got, gets up and pulls the knee pad down. And it looks like he was going for the last shot. Cole runs. He missed the last shot. EC3 hits a German suplex and a huge lariat. That got a two count. Um, and, of course, that shock moment. EC3 thought that was enough to give him to put him away. He then picks uh, Cole up. Hits, goes for the suplex. Cole res, uh, resists the suplex. He rings out the bad arm. Lifts up EC3 and hits the last shot. Brain buster. And that only got a two count. Cole fight and then he puts in an arm bar on EC3. Cole fights the uh, EC3's grip. EC3 still holding on, trying to maintain him not catching an arm bar. The hands come apart. EC3 rolls up a deadlift power bomb to Cole. What a feat of strength by EC3! And of course, in true he like fashion, the era rushes the apron. EC3 fights all of them off, only to catch a super kick from Cole. Then the last shot, and that was enough to get the victory over EC3. Immediately after the match, the Undisputed Era attacks EC3 and adding insult to injury. And immediately out come the War Raiders, fresh as a daisy in a 2 on 4 attempt. Raiders don't pretty much went Honey Badger on their ass. They didn't give a shit. Uh, Rosart clubbing away. Fish tackles him out of the ring. Uh, Kyle and Roddy go for the uh, on Hanson. He cartwheels out of harm's way. Big man agility, of course. Uh, Hanson wrecks both of them with heel kicks. Uh, Roe wrecks Fish and Cole in the process. Roe gets into the ring, picks up Strong. Hanson picks up Fish. He then stacks Fish onto Hanson. And Hanson actually stacks Fish onto Roe's shoulders. And, and Roe hits a powerbomb, power slam combo. The strength of these two men are ridiculous. Hanson then goes up top, Roe picks up Kyle, and they hit their finishing move that they call Fallout, and that ended NXT. Like I said, this was a very solid episode of NXT. Of course, EC3 and Cross taking losses due to their call-ups. I guess this is sort of their last hurrah in NXT, um, in a sense, so that was, it made sense for EC3 to go out the way he did, losing to Adam Cole, Excuse me, and then um, having you know all four members uh take out Col- uh, take out EC3 and Fat in that fashion, uh, Cross losing to Bianca Belair in their matchup, solidifying Bianca Belair's undefeated streak, and her facing Sheena Baszler at Takeover Phoenix. Uh, like I said, this is a great fucking episode, and of course, my boys, the European Union, Marcel Bartel and Fabian Eichner, showing off their skills on NXT, getting the victory over Stanley Watts and Hector Koonsman. Just this was just a fun episode of NXT, man. We're two weeks away from NXT Takeover Phoenix, and they are really heating up. I can't wait to see what they're going to be doing for next week. Of course, we know uh, Keith Lee versus Cassius Ono. That's all we really know right now, and I can't wait to see um, the developing saga between Johnny Gargano and Ricochet. Is Ricochet going to respond besides uh, what he said to Kathy Kelly about uh, the attack that was uh, the super kick to his face region? Um, I'm just interested. I'm just really hyped to see what they're going to do going forward for the last two episodes of NXT. And that is this week's review 
of NXT. Well, guys, that's going to be it for episode 41 of the Young Lions Perspective. As always, thank you guys so, so much for taking time out of your day, your night, your afternoon, your evening, wherever you may be, wherever you are in the world. Thank you so much for taking time out of this episode of the podcast. I greatly appreciate it. Uh, if you don't check me out on the Anchor app and you want to check out this episode again on any of the 40 other episodes of the podcast, and seriously, you don't have the Anchor app? Why don't you? Seriously, the up-and-coming podcasting app in the game right now. You can also check out the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Breaker, CastBox, Overcast, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, Stitcher Radio, and of course, that good old Spotify fam. Just search for the Young Lions Perspective, and you should have no problem finding the podcast whatsoever. If you enjoyed this episode, of course, do not hesitate to tell a friend to tell a friend about the podcast. Share it on your social media, your Instagram, your Facebook, your Twitter. Let the people know that the Young Lions Perspective is the alternative for professional podcast wrestling. And that, of course, we are here to stay. If you want to stay up to date on everything that is the Young Lions Perspective, or if you just want to follow me in general for my thoughts, I am followable on Twitter at Suede Senator WWI. I do live tweeting for SmackDown Live. NXT, NXT UK, and I will be doing some live tweeting for NXT UK TakeOver Blackpool this Saturday. I guarantee you that right now. I also do live tweeting for New Japan. If I'm up at 2 o'clock in the morning, I'm preparing myself for a 5 o'clock show. I will be doing those as well. If you want to follow me on my Instagram uh, to stay up to date with any videos I may do on Instagram, unpopular opinions, just a little two cents here and there. I'm on Instagram at young underscore lions underscore perspective. Follow me on both of those platforms to stay up to date on the podcast when episodes are going to be coming out and all that good stuff. So this Saturday, 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, NXT takeover, NXT UK takeover Blackpool. I will do my damnedest to do be doing some live tweeting of the show. Uh, I love the fact that the UK for the UK at 7 p.m. We're getting the show at 2 p.m. in the afternoon. So if you got, like I said, if you got nothing going on this Saturday, clear out your schedule, bring your, invite your friends over, get some snacks, some pizza, some some drinks, whatever you do, and watch NXT UK take over Blackpool. This is, like, it's, like we always say, you never make a first impression twice or something like that. Anyway, guys, of course, I will be reviewing NXT TakeOver, uh, NXT UK TakeOver Blackpool. I will be reviewing that um, either Saturday, that Saturday, or it's going to be this coming Monday. So stay tuned for that. Uh, if it comes up Saturday, it's just going to come out of nowhere. And it's just going to hit you like a ton of bricks. Um, as far as NXT UK goes, like I said, in the beginning of the episode, I will not be doing any NXT UK reviews. I will be getting back up to that next weekend. As far as any other shows go, I'm doing, I've got a little something going on in the works I may be doing a little top 10 bold predictions for 2019 in professional wrestling. Uh, I had that in my mind a couple days ago, just, you know, working out some things, just do a little something different for you guys. So like I said, follow me on my social media platforms to stay up to date on everything I'm going to be doing for the show. Like I said, this is going to be bigger and better in 2019. Until next time for episode 42, whether it be this coming Saturday or Monday, stay tuned for the show. And as always, guys, see you.